Well, welcome to another episode of Girls in the Neighborhood. I'm so excited because it's our first time in studio. We have our second guest with us here today. Um, I think it's going really well, Angela. How do you feel? I think so, too. We're here at KG Studios in Flower Mound, a great space to record. Uh, They do video, audio. Mm -hmm. Green screen. Green screen. It's, It's quite the setup. It's very cool. And there's gold microphones. I truly do love these gold microphones. I do as well. Um, makes me feel like Mariah Carey. <gasps> Speaking of... Don't try to okay. hit those notes. All right. I, I keep wanting to sing and she won't let me. Um, I do have to say, I don't know, this is probably kind of gross, but I stopped and ate a Beyond Burger, because um, I'm vegan, and I can taste in my mouth still. Well, I have these mints. I know. I've got a mint in my mouth and I can taste... It tastes like minty Beyond Burger. Oh. <laughs> That's gross. So... Anyway, um, <laughs> enough about me. Um, I'll, I'll keep drinking on my peach tea here. Okay, listen, as long as you're not chewing gum, I'm okay with a mint in your mouth. I'm not chewing gum. I it's cannot just... handle the sound of people chewing gum. Oh, my or golly, ice. either. Or food. Yes. I, my husband, we've been sharing an office through, what, a year and a half now? Sorry, honey bunny, I know you're probably going to hear this. Maybe not. He's probably not going to listen. But... He will eat chips. Is that the thing? The chips. Chips. Well, any food, but yeah, he nuts has are bad. Chips, chips with every nuts. single meal, and and we share this office. He's way across the way. <laughs> I lose my mind. I yeah. My mom will text me. Dad's eating peanuts. Oh, for reals. Okay, so she gets yeah. It's I the same. To- I'm the same. I and I feel the same way. Marcus will be chewing his gum. I'm like, I could hear your. Gum. He's not smacking his gum at no, all. No, it's just. But I could hear yeah, the his jaw, jaw clicking, and it drives me bananas. Yeah, what is that? It's oh. just we're. I, I don't know. Oh, I got to get my husband back in the office. Special. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, if you need another mint, let me know. Thank you very much. Um, I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Kim Minch. Um, it's kind of a funny story how Kim and I, uh, how Kim came to be here today. Um, well, first of all, she is a certified parent coach um, and founder of Real Life Parent Guide, and she has a number one new release uh, book called Becoming Me While Raising You, A Mother's Journey to Herself, and uh, right now it's number one in the parenting adult child um Category. Category. So Mm -hmm. that is impressive in and of itself. The fact that you've got this book right here. I mean, how proud you must be to have. I mean, congratulations. Thank you. Doesn't everybody always say, like, I'm going to write a book. And then, like, you wrote a book. Well, and as a 52-year-old, almost 53-year-old woman, to stay focused long enough to get it out of me and then figure out how to get the cover put together and how how to get it uploaded to Amazon, I am proud of myself merely because the focus... To get it done has yes. been, um, you know, something that I don't always have that follow through. But I, I, I do have to say that while it's revealing, that's that's the word my husband gave it. But like um, it. it's revealing. It is something that I hope will inspire a lot of people to um, be, you know, to live their truth and to be, you know, okay with 
challenges that they go through. So I, I'm I'm very proud that it that it's been born. Thank you. It's a beautiful book too. The cover is gorgeous. Okay, um, is this is this you? Oh my god! With a lot okay, of hair? do you know do you know many do you know how many people have asked it's me that? It, I wish it, it was. Somebody, I'm going to meet you. that lady. I like it. But so, I'm like, that's not your hair. I and we talked it. about your hair. Yeah. I when I I was no on hair. Kim's show the other day, and we talked about it. And so I'm like, does she put a wig on? Is this? No. So that's not you. No, it's not. It, but we did let the picture was um, from you know one of those free sites, and mm-hmm. we did let the person who took the picture know. So maybe they know that person. Oh, and I mean, can so you imagine? Cool. I mean, I totally. I wish it was me. It's not. But people have many people have asked me that. But it. it so I wonder it if is, this woman has seen this. I know. I wonder too. Because so this is a little side note. But like when I did some like stock photography work, right. I got there was a Toyota mailer that went out, and I'm oh, on it with so this fun. like. And then, so I have that kind of stuff. But like, what are the chances? I mean, I didn't. They didn't tell me that. I mean, you, right, you, right. You, you just, just have to see it. Exactly. Uh-huh. So it would she be super may not cool. know. If anyone knows the if person, anybody if anybody knows the person on this <laughs> oh. book, it's not Kim, and we really want to know. Okay. That's so awesome. It's, it's just that it's significant of kind of a woman who's obviously thinking, who's in a fog. Definitely. And I okay. feel like a lot of us have that challenge in our lives. And the book starts to look at what, I mean, a couple of years ago, I literally just thought, you know, what do I believe about myself? Ooh, what I do like I, that question. What do I believe about myself? And, and so that started, you know, me thinking about what those things were. Hmm. And then where did that come from? Because some of the things were not real favorable. And so okay. I wanted to really learn about where I took on the belief that I wasn't worthy of being heard, mm-hmm. quite frankly. And it is a story that I go into in the book when I'm six years old and an altercation that happens between myself and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, if I think the, the beliefs that I took on about myself and don't make me list them because I'd have to look at the book. But <laughs> the beliefs that I took on about myself um, are very are things that everybody struggles with. I don't trust myself. Right. I don't make good choices. Oh, yeah. um, you even talked about money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Pay close attention to money, and not that you shouldn't. But the point is, you can get so over involved in that thinking of you know I don't have enough I don't have enough I don't have enough that you subconsciously start living these things out and that really is the first part of the book are those six things I took on the next part of the book is how they played out over and over again in my marriage and in my parenting of five children especially through my son's addiction to alcohol and then the desire on my part prompted by the addiction of my son to want to look within myself, grow, change, and be a, be a better, healthier parent for my kids. And let's face it, we're writing on our grandchildren, mm-hmm. even though they may be years away in my case, or mm-hmm. <laughs> they, you know, um, so I just think that our work as parents can be to really shift the way f- our future grandkids you know, look at the world and the way that they're parented by what we're doing right now. Oh, that is so true. So she talks about, you talk about intentional parenting. So mm-hmm. that's okay. a term that comes up a lot in, in your book, as well as limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I think we can all completely agree that the limiting beliefs is something, I mean, self, the negative self-talk oh. that you have, it really pays a detriment 
to yourself and you may not even realize it. And there was something that Kim talked about in her book about some lyrics to a song and that her young daughter was singing um, when she was like five and she just made a conscious decision that, you know, that she wanted to put something more positive on. And so she switched the switched the music and never got a complaint from her kids. Well, and sometimes, and that's what it means to be an intentional parent. I'm talking okay. about uh, my daughter singing in the backpack of the minivan, a Rihanna song, mm-hmm. and me putting the, the you know, together like, crap, this kid, you know, like, knows the words to the song, and I'm, I'm a 40s, you know, I'm in my 40s, and I think I'm pretty hip and cool, and I've got these kids, and I drive this <laughs> somewhat cool minivan, and this kid is singing Can the lyrics. Cool yes, the it, it, sure. She said yeah. somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhat. Somewhat. I like Just it. in my own mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I put two and two together that even though she didn't know these lyrics or what they meant, mm-hmm. she was internalizing that message. True. And did I really want her internalizing that message? So it was in that moment, and I'd never listened to Christian rock before, but there's plenty of billboards out there with the call letters yep, on there. Sure. I immediately changed the station and never once went back. Not when my kids were in the car. I will tell you that I did sometimes listen to the top hits when my kids were not in the car. <laughs> but with that many kids, I had kids in the car most of the time. So, um, but I just, and, and my kids didn't give me a hard time about that. And that was because I was very clear. And that's what it means to be an intentional parent. When, our, when we have made a decision, set a boundary, and we, and our energy, it comes from our energy, For from sure. our words, not from being like power over our kids, but just they know we've set this in place. That's why they never gave me a hard time. Not because I've got these amazing kids who like, you know, oh, go with the flow and whatever mom wants, but because they knew I was putting out, Here, this is what we're doing now period, end of story. So when we know ourselves better, we can become more intentional with our kids. When we look within ourselves and, and we ask ourselves things like, how, would, how did my parents handle this situation? For example, cheating on a test when I was in high school. How did they handle it? And what would have helped me? Let's oh, just say one of my kids, you know, it. you know, yeah, like, I like that. okay, my parents grounded me and they yelled at me and they made mm-hmm. me feel like crap because right. I, you know, cheated on this test. But what if they would have said, gosh, Kim, you know, I can tell that you're really struggling in science. It's not like you and we haven't taught you to cheat. So what can we do mm-hmm. to help? Like, do you, do we need to get tutoring? Do you need to stay at school longer? Instead of making me feel bad about right. the choice that I made you know, work with me on where I would have needed. So I've tried to do that with my kids, especially as they go through their their teen and young adult years. Instead of making them feel bad about something, we know our kids are going to make mistakes. So why mm-hmm. not, you know, talk it through, figure it out, figure out what they do need. And once in a while, think about us at that yeah. particular age mm-hmm. and what we've done. And That's such a good point. Being yeah. conscious about it. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think that that is, it's so true. And you talk about it in your book that, you know, your parents were, it's parent, were parenting based on their parents and it's a generational right. thing. Yep, and I is. think that that's true. And I, and I don't think that that's, I, I don't doubt, da- I don't put anyone down for doing it that mm-hmm. way. But I think that what you bring to the table, I a hundred percent believe in support it, support it. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's yeah. what I try to do. It is. It was very hard. I had a, a whole nother podcast, a whole nother day, but I had a 
I, I don't even know any other way to say it, but a horrible mom, very abusive. Um, and uh, so just to have what you said, like that would have been amazing. I would have loved that. Um, but I mean, it was more so she wasn't even around half the time because she, she did have to go away to um, uh, hospitals a lot. And, but anyway, when I, I, when I found out I was pregnant with my first, I was terrified, terrified to the point. I kept going to the doctor. Are you sure it's not eptoptic or whatever that way? Yeah. Are, Are you sure I'm really having a baby? And um, I, I was scared to death to be a mother. So I think in, now, you know, I am my mother's daughter and it's a constant struggle to always be working on, I was raised that way, right? Because we shove that down and we hold it. Just those examples you gave. Um, so, you know, every now and again, some of that will come out and I have to make sure and reel it back in and go, how do I really want to handle this situation? But when I had kids, I think I took it the other direction. Mm, like I was afraid to, you know, discipline or, yeah. you know, I just didn't want to be my mother. But And that can happen. That's what people, you know, you may consciously want to not be the parent that mm-hmm. you had. However, sometimes you go the opposite direction. You become the friend and that's, and our kids mm-hmm. don't need that either. They don't so need the friend, yeah. it's learning to find the balance between being the authoritative, you know, punitive, always my parents always grounded me that was their go-to thing and what that resulted in is me just becoming sneakier exactly you know? well, I, and, and I, I mean so I was never too. I was never yeah. grounded and I never snuck out really? so, I mean I mean it's it's not oh. a blanket thing for everybody but it is kind of interesting I was always grounded and I always snuck out See? yeah See? okay interesting right? there, I like you that. and I are like <laughs> sorry daddy I think you already knew that though I do want to interject I had have an amazing father so anyway Fantastic, and yeah. and what, what I I think I've also talked in the book or on other things that it, one conscious parent is better than no conscious parent, and what I mean by conscious parent is a parent who is actively working on their own emotional well being, because oh. our kids can't they won't come to us with their own challenges. And we know that we, I mean, our kids are living through things that we never, you know, daily digital use, COVID, the whole thing. We want them to be able to come and talk with us. And they will not do that if we are in a space or they can feel that we're not open, receptive, we're too busy, we're um, wrapped up in our own stuff and we won't be able to give them what they need. So one parent is better than no parents working on themselves. Um, you know, I work with a lot of couples that, you know, mom's one way and dad's the other, and everybody mm-hmm. brings their own stuff into their parenting journey for sure. And nothing trips it like our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, to, you use the word trigger. Yes, trigger a lot. Yes, nothing triggers less like like our kids. But it's up to us to continue to work on ourselves. And, and and I work with a lot of couples where, you know, mom wants to change dad or, you know, that kind of, or, or dad wants to change mom. I'm not saying it could right, go the yeah. other way. But the thing about it is we're all developing relationships with our kids. And the best thing we can do is just be an example of continuing to work on ourselves, of pausing and responding rather than reacting and just be that example to our partner so that hopefully over time that can be you know picked up on that's that's it you can't you can't make your just like anything else you can't change the other person the way you want them to you have to work on you what do you find with your couples um sometimes one's working on themselves so much and the other one's kind of stagnant and how does that work out 
I think there, as long as that there's a willingness for even that parent who's stagnant to continue to at least be open-minded, okay. that's, I, I think the biggest trouble comes in when one parent is working very hard on themselves and the other one is, isn't willing to budge, isn't, um, isn't willing to look at something different. Um, that can be, and, and that, that can be a real challenge, not just to the parenting, but, but to, to marriage yeah, for sure. For sure. I want to talk about something um, that really struck me, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and read this. Actually, can you go ahead and read this? <laughs> Thank you for making it big. Oh, do you need glasses? No. <laughs> not with not with this being this big right here. I didn't do that intentionally. It just was screen. I took it from my phone. Okay. Yes. Detaching from the outcome and trusting both myself and the universe sometimes involves grief. Mm. Keep going. Mm-hmm. With Alan Michael, this meant acknowledging and grieving for what will never be. We're not bad parents if we have ideas about what our kids will be or what we want for them. It's when we try to impose our will on their lives that it becomes detrimental to their evolution. We don't know their best path. They do. Boom. Mm. That's so, right there. Isn't so, beautiful? Isn't it? Let me put a little bit behind that just I to say chills. that Alan Michael is a fourth-year seminarian, and he's my second son. He's 28 years old, and he has always been the most wonderful um, sibling to his younger siblings. He he kids. He he used to work at the um, the CAC as a mm-hmm. as a camp counselor during the summer oh. and I at one time I went up there with Maddox and Mia they were really little we went up to the pool and Alan Michael was you know doing his summer camp thing and these kids would like get out of the water and follow Alan Michael like they totally I mean he put, suffice it to say I always envisioned him being a wonderful husband and father mm-hmm. and by choosing to go into the seminary he is choosing the one thing that he will never mm-hmm. be able to have that vocation that you know either one of those vocations he's cho- chosen something mm-hmm. different so it was hard initially but I had a friend that was so beautiful and she said Kim maybe he's not meant to be a dad to a few, but a father to many. I like that. And I mean, that made me cry when she said it. And I I think about it all the time. And I just, it's sometimes our kids do go down a different path that we wouldn't expect or want them to. In the case of my eldest son with his addiction as well. But when we can understand that we don't know what their path is, and it's not our job to control it. It's our job to help guide them to their best self, whatever that is. And for them to trust themselves. Yeah, and, and it's okay know. to feel like I definitely went through a process of like, he's not going to be a dad, you oh, know? But yeah. And that's okay, you know? This is not my life, for, right? Right, this you is, don't have to is, live that life. Yeah, that's his th- life. This is his life, mm-hmm. and he knows mm-hmm. why he's here, and my job is to encourage and support him where he's at. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I've always told my girls. I said, you're, you're here. It's funny you use the word guide. And I told them, I said, I'm your, I'm your guide. You know, you're here and I'm here to help you through until you go on and, and do and be what you want to do. But you are going to college. <laughs> as long as it involves college. <laughs> there's, there's always a stipulation, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so let's lighten up a little bit here. You've got five kids. I do. And, and your husband, Tom. <laughs> yes. And you guys are here. You're local in Flower yes. Mound, but you're originally from Wisconsin. Yes. Um, do you get back there much? Um, 
It's not enough, depending on the time of year. Summertime is an amazing place to be in Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> yes. Wintertime, not so much. I don't miss it. I love being in Flower Mound for that reason. I love every moment of the hot weather. Um, but we do get back. We, you know, I, I say I enjoy Texas, but the people in the Milwaukee area, the Midwest in general, there's just like, they're, they're, I don't want to say more grounded because that sounds kind of negative, but they are just mean. really yeah. like mm-hmm. down to earth yeah. people. And Real. I miss, I miss mm-hmm. that. So yeah. we get back when we can. Now you're, you talked about this earlier that your husband said the book was revealing. <laughs> it is very revealing. Yes, it is. There's personal information, oh. things that have happened to you. Um, you know, I, I teared up a couple times, twice. And um, so for your kids and for your husband um, and for maybe other family members, um, what kept you going and what did you hold on to when you were writing this and re- releasing it? Because um, I'm sure there were times where you maybe questioned, should I say this? Should I not? But part of me thinks you didn't. Part no. of me knowing no. you just thinks, like, you know what, I, this you is You know what, it. I just, yeah, I wrote my truth. And that's what, exactly. And I that, wrote my truth and where I needed to because, again, you talk about some of the things that happened to me in childhood. I talk about, peop- we parent the best we can with what we know and based on our life experiences. And I absolutely believe my mom and dad did that. And, um, and I believe I'm doing that. But there absolutely may be things that my kids at some point bring to me. Um, so I, I just, I feel like there's, again, not enough truth in the world. And we can all learn from each other's stories. And so this is me bravely putting it out there. And every once in a while, I do feel like, you know, a, a vulnerability hangover, like mm-hmm. um, Brene Brown says, because it's like, wow, you know a lot about me, (laughs) but I'm the one that has instigated it. And with the hope that the bigger message of this book is not about Kim Minch's story, because everybody has a story. Everybody has challenges they've been through, whether they write a book about it or not. But the idea of looking within yourself in order to, again, ask, what do I believe about myself? Where did that come from? Is it true? Is what I believe about myself true? And if not, what is? And then every day a practice of, in my case, feeling worthy of being heard and being you know, on your show today and in other areas talking publicly about limiting beliefs and how mm-hmm. they truly affect uh, some of our most important relationships. Wow. So, is, is she, ama- she I amazing? I so <laughs> I'm just like, I just, you are, you're amazing. I wrote down, what do I believe about myself? Cause I feel like I want to go, <laughs> I want to go explore. I mean, I, okay, there's well, a lot. <laughs> well, by the way, if I can plug let's, it. Yes. No. Well, let's talk about that. So your ideal, so you, obviously you're an author, but your business, your day to day business, you are a certified parent coach. Right. And you work on relationships with parents and, and children. Your passion is mostly with the parents. You yes. mentioned that yes. in there. So how, what's your ideal Um, My ideal would be that someone would read this book and say, I want to do that work, Mm -hmm. and that um, I'd lead people through the work. It's an eight-week course. Mm. I do it one-on-one and also in small groups. 
So small meaning five women on Zoom, learning together um, through topics like looking back to move forward, which is exactly what the example of, you know, looking at our limiting beliefs is, Mm -hmm. as well as it's amazing to me how we can go through life, family life, think we know our values and that we're instilling them in our kids. But when we really begin to question is that what, what are my values? What are my personal values? What are our family values? And is my behavior and my words in alignment with that, with my kids? And what are my kids learning? Because by the time our kids get to be their teen years, they will absolutely raise the BS flag with their right. words and their actions if we are saying one thing and not doing that you know they they will absolutely call us out on things with maybe not their words but with their behavior and so you know that's not that we have to be these perfect parents it's just really spending some time thinking about what is it I'm trying to instill in these kids and am I actually doing that Mm -hmm. because if I'm not it's up to me as the adult to do some shifting of things right so I think one example that I can relate to on that is um, from my, you know, I have, so I have two daughters, Timmy has two daughters, I have two daughters and I have never, um, forced any religion or belief system on them other than to just be good people. Correct. Living in Texas, that is different than the majority of people. Um, we even lived in Utah for a little bit and, um, I, I told both of my girls, Go with your friends to their church, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. You know, try yep. to encourage them to do that. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any regrets about doing that. I don't. Um, I know that there's so many people that would disagree with that, but I want That's my, I, did. I want yeah. my children to yeah. figure it out for themselves. Same. Where I feel that I've lacked is maybe pushing them towards figuring it out more. Like I don't know if I've. Like I've said, you know, I've said what I've said to them, but have I really said, hey, there's some, here's some of this, here's some of this. I don't know if I'm giving them the, I don't know, they're 16 and 13, like uh, they're not out there like searching out. You know, when I was in college, I was reading books about Buddhism and I was raised Catholic and I went, oh, we have stuff in common. I went to an all-girl Catholic school as well. (laughs) Yeah. I had a a small business called House to Home Design Services. Oh my gosh. I know. We have weird stuff in common. When I was reading this book, I was like, whoa, whoa. Um, And so, you know, um, but that's, I, that's interesting you bring that up because I did the exact same thing with my girls and, um, you know, my husband and I talked about it at one point, you know, should we raise them in the church? You know, we're, we're here and, and there's, you know, there's, it's very, you know, it's, it's all around. They're one of the first things people ask them, where do you go? And, mm-hmm. and we were always open their families, um, going with the family to church and friends and whatnot. So, um, but I did the same thing, Angela. I kept questioning, should, you know, should I have raised them? And, but now they're, they're teenagers, they're older. Um, uh, and, uh, I always raise them to be open-minded, free thinkers, loving, kind, compassionate, um, all of those good, yummy words. And um, I hate the word yummy. Oh, you do? I love yummy. I, mean, I cannot stand I hate, that word. You know what I hate, too, is tease it apart. 
I hate that. What? Term. Let's tease it apart. I've oh, never, I've never heard, heard that, that term yeah. before. Yeah, I just wow. like, you know, like oh. tease that apart. Deep dive, tease it apart. Oh, oh wow. wow. I mean, no, that's no, fine. That's fine. No, totally I've never heard that. Totally, totally different. But yeah, I just, I cringe every time I hear yummy. Every time I see yummy, you know, I'm going to use that. And and I follow a lot of food posts, right? I mean, I'm I post about food all the time, and food, and I just every time someone says yummy, I just want to. I love that We're I all a little that. quirky. <laughs> uh, exactly. So anyway, we digressed a little, but um, yeah, very good. I I I cannot wait to to read your book. Sounds like it's. Um, and so I have a copy now. So Kim, I will give the copy you gave me to Timmy, and then Timmy will gift it on to somebody. Yes. If you're viewing that, if you're if you're listening to this, and and it's something, reach out to us, and we can yeah. pass the book on like. Sisterhood yes. of the Traveling And I, I do want to say, I do want to add here that I've gotten a lot of, I had a number of early readers, so, um, you know, Reddit gave me feedback before it was published, and also a number of young readers. And what I want to say is I thought I was writing this book for women about mm. my age, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. But what I've gotten back is <clears throat> you don't have to have children. I said that to earlier. You did. I, she said book. that before you came in. Yeah. You do not have to have children. It's you do true. not have to be a mom or you don't have to be a woman. Um, and a young person would get a great deal out of this. And especially young parents. This is something that, you know, be, and I didn't think about this, but it's like if I, if whatever wisdom is in there that I've gained over 30 some years of parenting and marriage and relationships and being a daughter and all those things could be so wisely imparted early on parents Mm. so that they're not with their kids in the teen years going oh my gosh now I I learned this so I just want I just want to put that out there this has this this reaches a wide range of people you're right and so how can they buy the book how can somebody they can the go on today? Amazon and look at um, Becoming Me While Raising You. So Becoming Me While Raising You is the title of the book. Put that in on Amazon. There's a choice of ebook and paperback right now. At some point, I may do um, an audio where I would read through the book, but I'm not quite there yet. So you can get the that I think that would be ways. powerful, that would and be I would cool. love to hear you say shit as many times as you say <laughs> yes. as you write it in the book. Hot and damn. there's some other language in there that I would also love to hear you say, but I will not say that. Well, and, and my eldest son wrote the foreword, so I would ask him to oh. read the foreword as oh. well. So You could rent out the space here to do your audio. Oh <laughs> yes. yes, you definitely can. And it's I actually do some projects on... Um, uh, for for Amazon or I have in the past, I've got about eight audio projects on there. Wow. It's pretty easy to do. So okay, well yeah. we're going to talk about That's that. Exciting. So because yeah. I was looking yeah. for a way to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so they and can how, go on Amazon. Okay. If you want to learn more about the work I do with parents, please visit my website, which is Real Life Parent Guide And though I am a certified parent coach. Coach is about strategy, and that's not what I what I work on. I really work with moms and dads who want to um, shift patterns. If they're the yelling parent who who finds himself doing it now, and they desperately want to do something else, but they don't know what, or they've tried everything, this is the parent I want. They know that they're part <clears throat> part of the problem, but they don't know what's going on. I absolutely want to work with that parent that's willing to look within. And I always do a 30-minute complimentary consult because I really think that it's important for you to know and be confident in the work that we're going to do together. Oh, I like that. That's great. All right, give a shout-out to a local business. 
We're going to wrap so it up. So my husband, Tom Minch, owns Expedia Cruises in Flower Mound, which is in the Pines, really close to the Kroger. And, you know, with the COVID, it's been a heck of a year and a half plus. For cruises? Of, yeah. Yes. Cruises oh. and vacations in general. Mm-hmm. It's been very challenging. So it's not just cruises. Right. He, he does, does everything. Everything. He does, right. And he would say that so much better than I would. But um, he's got a whole spiel. But of course, <laughs> that's his 30 second commercial, not mine. Um, <laughs> yes, he does everything and he's very attentive and he cares very deeply about helping parents and families and people in general put together memories through their vacations. Oh, I love it. I'm what a wonderful family. Yeah, I, I so appreciate you being with us today. This has been and, great. Yes, um, thank you, Kim. I, I I feel like my mouth was open half the time. I'm so I'm glad this is uh, not on video, more just audio, because <laughs> I was just in awe with some of the things that mm-hmm. you had to say, and I'm looking forward to reading your book. Cool, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for the you. opportunity to to be on your show, the second guest on your show. Aww. And with that, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>